Pastor Taylor was talking about those that built this church, this actual building, and, and uh, including some of the lives that are in this room right now in the 70s. Pastor Martin and Don Ostrom, who founded this church. I think about when we uh, merged with this church, Pastor Kevin and Meg Holland, and they built the food bank out back and started the community garden. John Martinson, who's been working on, this, on these grounds for the last many years, longer than I've been around here, uh, and volunteering, using his retirement to give back. And uh, we take the time to acknowledge that. We think of John and Karen Moran, who have been door greeters here for almost 25 years. Uh, yeah. We think of Al and Nora Matthews, who were the first ones to help us get the church started, and Nora was my assistant for 27 years. She now lives in Tulsa with her son, who's a worship leader. And amazing people. I, there's just so many people, too many to, to list. Um, Ed and Alexi McAlpine, who she's been our treasurer. He's been a business board member for years and, and um, helped us build from the beginning. I think of uh, Rick Hines, who built the mountain bike park out on our 90 acres out there and has been the steward of that land for the last 15 years or so. I just think of all the people that have labored. Uh, well done. But we're getting ready to labor some more. And we have new folks stepping up to the plate that say, hey, I want to be a part of doing something, building God's kingdom. Uh, and it all starts with a prompting that you get. And I'm going to have um, Jennifer come up here, a recent uh, member of our church. And she's going to share with you something that happened to her this week that resulted in something amazing going on. I can't help but think that some of the things that she did uh, were inspired by some of you and in the, in the impact that you've made just being a congregation member, but also some of the things that she's been able to do this week with a bunch of volunteers were made possible partly because of the giving that's done in this church. So, Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. Tell us what happened. This, a big thing happened this week, and it just kind of hit you all at once. Sometimes you get the chance to prepare. Other times you get two hours, right? Two hours, yes. Two hours. A snowball that turned into snowflakes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, tell us, what's happening? Um, so, last Friday... Pull your from, microphone right up. Sorry. There you go. I'm there a really loud person. There's So now the I'm like a monster. Um, so I'm Mama Five, and um, last Friday, Friday before, I was making lunch for my kids, and there's a strike, in case nobody knows what's going on around our community, um, with Kent School District. Well, not and, everybody knows, because yeah. not everybody's from Kent. No, not everyone is from Kent, but yes. So we have a strike with our, with our teachers and other departments as well. Um, I am not a teacher. I am a parent. Um, so last Friday before I woke up, I was making lunches for my brood and I was like, man, Lord, how is everyone else eating? Kind of weird. No one's mentioned anything about this. So I drove five minutes to my school, Grass Lake Elementary, and I said, hey, teachers on strike, how's everyone eating? And they're like, what? We don't know. So, um, I made a call to nutrition services and they said, we do need your help. Uh, so I joined forces with a local other mom that I had just met by phone a minute later. Wow. 
And um, we started a sign-up genius for sandwiches and juice, um, and it started with seven schools. Two hours later, um, within a couple days, we had 21 schools and 3,000 students. And we're adding to the list uh, every minute, every second, every day. Wow, because there's a lot. It's awesome, isn't it? This there's a lot of kids that are on subsidized lunch, right? Yes. So our district has just shy of 25,000 students with a free and reduced percentage of lunches, which includes breakfast as well, at 52.9%. And for many children, that is the only meal they get all day. So we have received phone calls every morning from hungry families saying, we can't make it to your site, and we have four children outside that are starving. Um, and so we will drop off about 20 to 25 meals just for them in that moment because yeah. that's, not, that's not right. And that's awesome. So there's been a lot of people in the community that have also donated time to help you and to donate finances. How much money has been donated? Oh, <laughs> thousands. Um, we had one anonymous donor donate $10,000. Yes. That's awesome. So appreciative. Um, and even, I will tell you that about um, $40, if you had a donation of about $40, we can feed 25 to 30 children. Um, so any small amount really helps, but um, we, we have gone pretty much through that 10000 so we are looking for more assistance. Yes. Okay, good. And so, and then a, a couple other churches donated as well. And oh, yes. Peace other individuals. Did. Awesome. Yes. And Very Real good. Life Church. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. <laughs> so... I, I guess the, the point I want to make is it's interesting when you see a need and you just decide this is my project to work on. It became my project, yeah. yes. <laughs> but you chose it. it. Yes. And it chose you. Yes, I was going to say, exactly. it kind of chose me. Yeah. Yes, and as Meg would say, Meg's not here today, she came to the nine, um, but she said people ask, wait, how do we get our school on the list? And so she will always respond by saying, we didn't choose the schools. They've chosen us. Yeah. So um, if you see a school that needs help and you're willing, we just need someone there from 11 to 1 to pass out lunches. We will provide all the food. Awesome. So we can make donations out to the storehouse. Mm -hmm. Okay. If somebody wants to give through Real Life Church, they can. Just make sure you designate that. Yes, school lunches. And, and we'll, we'll make sure that they get the money and that they can keep the work. If they want to volunteer, is there any volunteer spots? Available? Yes. Okay. So you'll be, will you be out in the, the foyer? Sure. Okay. <laughs> You can message me as well okay. <laughs> on the community page. I'm kind of findable. Um, you'll find me okay. around. Awesome. Um, and then also I was going to say operations right now are in my garage. Um, so if you have t donations you would like to give, uh, applesauce, uh, granola bars, please, nothing perishable. Um, it is in my garage. My husband's not here, but the 9 a.m. I said, like, thank you to my husband for letting me use our garage space. But what I will say is thank you to my daughter, Kelsey, um, because not only has the Lord been dealing with me this week, but uh, she has as well. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Good. So she's an extra spirit voice. Yes. <laughs> Holy Spirit and daughter spirit. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate you so much. Awesome. I think it's uh, interesting when you reflect back, you can re remember different moments. I remember a moment in 1980 when I first became a Christian that I was asked to help with a food drive. And uh, I was single at the time. 
I'd just given my life to Jesus. I was 20 years old, and uh, I started um, collecting all the food at church. It was a mobile church that we were a part of when I first gave my heart to the Lord, about 60 people that were in that church at the time. And so I would pick up all the food after the end of service. People would donate it, and then I would put it in the back of my pickup truck and take it home. And I, would, I lived with my parents at the time, and I would stack it in, in my bedroom. And I would sort it out, the peas and the beans and the chili and all the, all the stuff and all separate. And I made a big wall of it. And then every Sunday, I would pick it up for like a month. I'd pick up that food and bring it home. And it just filled my room and just stacked it up as high as I am tall. And uh, I remember when we had all the food and we had packed it all up when it was all done in a big trailer. And we were able to deliver it to the local food bank and I felt so fulfilled. It was the first thing that I'd done to volunteer as a new Christian. And I was doing it for the Lord. I was so proud to bring it from my church when we dropped it off. And there was a a fulfillment that came. And there was an energy in a life, and and I wanted more of that. We soon after that, my girlfriend and I, who is sitting on the front row today, and we are married now, um, and um, 41 years to be exact, okay? So that's pretty good. And... So we volunteered at a children's camp and were camp counselors and walked away with tears in our eyes because we were so touched by the opportunity to pray for children and to hear their stories and to introduce them to Jesus and to grow in our faith as we were doing it was just awesome. It wasn't long after I went with a group of young people down to El Salvador and was able to do ministry in the city dump where people lived actually and got their food out of the dump. And it touched my heart. I came back from that so fulfilled. There was an energy, there was a life. I had no idea I was gonna become a youth pastor. I had no idea I was gonna become a senior pastor. I didn't know I'd be standing here with you at the time. All I knew is that I needed to eat this way. And what I mean by eat this way is I believe that God has a free lunch for all of us, but it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. And in other words, we get to eat the fruit of our labor serving Jesus, but there's a cost. There's a time in your life when you become a Christian, when you realize you have to lay down what you want to do and pick up what God wants you to do. You got to lay down what you want to build and pick up what God wants you to build. And whether it's building an individual like my friends Rich and Shirley Shossi that chose their neighbors across the street that were very difficult to deal with in their older age, they took them on and said, that's our ministry. And they spent three or four years ministering to them all the way till when they went to heaven. It was a calling. Just like Jennifer, Jennifer got tapped on the shoulder while she's making her kids lunch. There's times when God starts tapping on your shoulder. But it's not just a sacrifice. It's not just something that you do. You give away time or money or any of those kinds of things. It's a calling. It's a drawing. 
It's a, it's, it's a desire that God puts inside of your heart so that you can go out and do the same thing that he's doing. I want you to open up your Bibles to John chapter 4. We have this powerful verse or a set of verses here de- describing a scene uh, that happened immediately after Jesus was ministering to a woman that was at, uh, in Samaria. And he basically read her mail and told her things about her life that nobody knew except for her, including the fact that she had five husbands. And it's like, oh, hey, I guess we're friends now, you know. And he, 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 he spoke that. He says, yeah, I know. The husband you're with is, well, let's not go into that whole story. But the whole story was he read her personal mail. And uh, she got so excited that she went and told everybody in the village that, hey, I think this guy might be the Messiah. He's a prophet. I think he might be the guy that we've been looking for and waiting for. And uh, there was a fulfillment that came. And in verse 31 of John chapter 4, it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. This is right after he talked to the woman. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we we were gone, the disciples asked each other? Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. Who sent me? And And for finishing his work. Okay, so God sends Jesus to do his will and to finish his work. I believe that there's a will that God has, that certain things get taken, uh, that take place on the earth today that start inside of us, just like they started in Jesus. This desire to fulfill God's will and to finish his work. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 says this, is that I believe that God will see to it that the work he's begun in you That work will be finished. He's going to finish that work. And that work in you, in finishing that work in you, empowers you to finish the work that God has a desire to see happen on the earth today. So let me finish this in John chapter 4. And he says that my my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and and from finishing his work. You, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say wake up and look around you. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Let me tell you something right now. The harvest field's ripe, and people are needing people of the light to start hearing and responding the way that Jennifer did when it came to those lunches. Responding to the things that God is prompting in your heart to make this world a better place. And to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Right now we're in a season of life where kids are going back to school. And when I was a youth pastor, the biggest thing that I had to deal with with teenagers was the fact that there was a lot of peer pressure to have sex and and, and to do drugs. A lot of pressure. But there was no pressure to not be a Christian. None. In fact... There was plenty of Christians that were running out there having sex and doing drugs because they'd fallen to the peer pressure. But nobody discouraged them from going to church 
They just encouraged him to do drugs and have sex. And so that was the thing. But now, nobody is encouraging you to have sex and do drugs. They just do it. You don't need any encouragement. People are just doing it. It's just kind of a normal thing to people. But they are telling you not to be a Christian. And they think there's something wrong with you if you're a Christian in today's schools. And so we're living at a different time now. And so there's a lot of pressure in our young people. Which means that there's going to be a lot of people waking up to say, I need to help some young people. And God's going to, the way he's going to do it, he's going to begin to put a desire in some of your hearts to do something for our children, do something for our teenagers, so that they can go into school and hold their head up high, be in the light. You know, the interesting thing is it doesn't take much light to make a difference, but it takes a lot of light in order to endure the persecution that comes up in young people today in schools. So I'm saying this to you today. I didn't say this in the first service. I'm saying to you today that we have to recognize that it's time for us to rise up as the body of Christ and start listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do for our kids and for our teenagers and for our world. It's time, instead of trying to go and get more and more understanding of the Bible, that you start getting more and more understanding of what God wants you to do on this planet. You can get understanding from the Bible and completely be useless for the kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so what we want to do is we want to tap into this thing because there's this fulfillment that Jesus talked about that comes from doing his will. Open your eyes, he says. The harvest is here. Get out there and do it. And you'll have access to this food that I'm talking about. It wasn't a natural food. It wasn't a happy meal. It was a fulfillment, a nourishment to the soul to go out and empty yourself and do something that the Heavenly Father has impressed you to do. Now, this came out of this relationship that Jesus had with the Father. Remember, he spent time in the wilderness going without any natural food so he could pursue the will of God. I believe that there's a time in every Christian's life where they're giving a chance to do something that causes them to sacrifice and go without what they want in order for somebody else to have something. And that happened to me when I was 20 years old and I did that food bank thing. I went without what I wanted to do after church. And I got home and I took, I took so much time organizing that food. It was a big deal to me. It was a big thing. But I didn't do it so I could be fulfilled. I did it because I felt prompted to help. Because I had the truck and they had the need and they didn't have anybody to do it. And I said, I'll do it. I was still a young person. I didn't know the difference between, you know, Noah and Moses, and, you know, how Moses built an ark and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't know. I had no idea, right? But I knew how to stack cans in my truck and they had a need. And man, when I got done with that project, man, I felt good on the inside. It's like, man, I like this. That's the food. 
that I like this, you know, that's stirring up on the inside of me. Okay? Some of us look back, we can't find that feeling. We're living in a time where people don't feel fulfilled. They don't feel like they have purpose. Man, I'm telling you what, you got a purpose. The harvest is ripe. we got a lot of challenges in our world right now, and we need Christians to step up to the plate and listen to the voice of God. Okay? And the reward will be you'll walk away with, man, that feels good. Because you sacrificed. You went without. You gave until it hurt. You worked until you were tired. And you'd forgotten to eat lunch like Jesus did. And so that is an opportunity that we have in front of us. <coughs> Excuse me. And so let's look at this next verse. In Luke chapter 4, in verse 18, <coughs> there's a passage here where Jesus quotes, he reads from the, uh, a passage in Isaiah, and he reads the portion in Isaiah, the prophet, that had been around for hundreds of years, and he reads this. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Okay? In other words, he's empowered me to bring good news to the poor. Okay? Now, he's reading the prophet at the time, but Jesus is making this his own. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently and he began to speak to him. Then uh, he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. In other words, Jesus is saying, I am that. I am fulfilling this prophecy. Now, if you identify with Jesus and you say, yeah, I've brought Jesus within me, that means that you've allowed his rule to reign inside your soul. That means you've made him king of your heart. That means you submit to him. When he says jump, you say how high. When he says, I want you to do this, I want you to do this food thing, I want you to do that mission trip, I want you to, I want you to support that child, I want you to support that family, I want you to babysit for those kids, I want you to, to start this nonprofit, I want you to, to write a check for this, I want you to do that. You, you listen to that. And when you listen to that and you submit to that, there's a fulfillment that comes. There's an energy that comes. But it requires a sacrifice. It requires you giving something more than just writing the same check every single week. It it means that you have to listen in here. Listen with your ears. Listen with your heart. What the Spirit of the Lord is telling you to do. It's always going to line up with something that either sets captive people free or brings truth, brings hope, brings peace. Brings healing. Acts chapter, let's look at Acts chapter uh, 10 and verse 38. We see this passage. This is pretty familiar to all of you. You know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. This is Paul talking to us here. With the Holy Spirit and with power, then Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Because God was with him. 
You see, when God is with you, you want to do some of this stuff. This is how you can tell if your spirit is alive with Christ. Some of us have religion, but it goes, that's all the further it goes. It's more of a head knowledge. It's like a set of belief systems. It's like a, a checking off of the box. It's like a memorization of a scripture or a, 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 a pattern of going to church on Sunday. And we have a religion. But it's, it's very similar to other people of other religions. It's just a routine. It's a, it's a thing, but it's not an awakening of the ear and the heart. And some of us have pursued the ticket to heaven instead of following after Jesus. Uh, some of us have him only as our savior and not as the one that we follow. Some of us have wanted the, the results of the kingdom, of being in the kingdom, without having the king as Lord. Are you following me? Some of us want the benefits of church without being connected to the church. Some of us want the benefits of the kingdom without serving the king. We serve the king. That's what we do. That's how we roll. That's what you do. And so what I'm asking for all of us to do is to don't just call out evil stuff that we see in our world. Don't ever call out anything that's happening in the world unless you're listening to him call you out of the world to do something great for his kingdom. Are you following me? And so what we want to do is we, we want to step it up a bit. We're going to step it up a bit, and we're going to start entering into this nourishment that comes by hearing what the voice of the Holy Spirit is telling us to do for his kingdom. You see, this kingdom is built by people listening to the heart of God. And so right now, all around this room, I'm asking you to just open your ears to listen to see what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Now, there's a lot of different ways to listen, but I will say this, that one of the greatest ways to listen is by looking around at some of the broken stuff that's happening in our community. If you watch the news, or if you look at news apps, or if you're looking on social media and stuff like that, and you see broken things. You see things that need to be healed. You see things that need to be reconciled. You see things that need to be um, restored or whatever. The best way to hear is look at it and just say, God, what do you think about this? What do you think about this, Lord? How do you see this? Is there a role for me here? Is there something for me here to do? That's one way. Another way is to have some quiet time where you just still. And I might say something that might even shock you a little bit, but I'm not talking about praying. I'm talking about being still. Where you just say, Lord, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to let you speak. I want to let you, I want you to say something to me. Okay. Now, some of us don't like to be still because all we can hear is everything that we've done wrong in our minds. Because we think that's how God looks at us. He sees all of our faults and then he's waiting for us to get perfect so that we can then be used by him. No, he's going to use you even though you're 
doing stupid things, he'll still use you. He ain't going to wait till you clean up because you ain't going to get cleaned up. Jesus already did all that for you, right? Okay, now it's important to clean up. It's important that you knock off some of the behaviors that you got going on and some of the habits or whatever. Yeah, you got to do that, okay? Because especially you start doing some of the work, the spotlights goes on you and some people start looking at you and they, and they start seeing this inconsistency, of course. So we, we, we want to do that, but God ain't, ain't waiting for you to get it all right. He's going to use you when he chooses to use you, but you got to open your ears to hear what he has to say. So get some time alone, be still, and listen. Are you hearing me? And then let's start seeing what God can do. Now, some of us build things. Some of us are like entrepreneurs. Like, like Jennifer, she's just like a force. Okay, she gets an idea and she's going to build it, and it's like, and I can see her coming. I'm like going, oh God, here she comes right now. I just know she's going to have me involved with something really quick, you know. And she will convince me to do things, you know, in the community that I did, had never even thought of before. You know, it's like, I said, no, I think that's for somebody else. You can, you know, but she's really good at that kind of stuff. But we're not all wired like that. Some of us are here, we're number twos. We're not starters. We like to help people who are starting. We like to lift up people's arms. We like to be the person that fuels it. We like to be able to fund it. We like to be able to to add support and add our skill or add our talents or whatever. So recognize that I'm not telling you to get outside of your realm. I'm saying we need to respond by listening and doing. We're living in a crucial time, folks, that the church needs to be the light, and the light doesn't just hide under a bushel. It gets out there and starts making a difference. You know, this, this whole lunch thing has been a really cool thing because it's drawn people. It's drawn all kinds of media attention, all kinds of things. And we don't do any of that for media attention, but that media attention has shined the light on some things. And so we need to get out there instead of critiquing the world and the schools and, and all the things instead of critiquing other religions, instead of critiquing other countries, instead of critiquing all the politicians and all that kind of stuff, we go out there and say, all right, we're going to do what Jesus did. He went about doing good and healing all. That should be our mission. That should be all of our missions. That's the mission of our church is to do that, okay? We want to make Jesus real to the whole world. And how do you do that? By doing good and healing all. So what I'm asking And what I'm challenging, whether you go to this church or not, I'm challenging you as a Christian to make sure that Jesus is the king. Make sure that he's the king of your kingdom. Make sure that he's the king of your soul. And if he's not, I encourage you today to make that decision. But if you've made that decision, what I'm saying is, is are you enjoying the nourishment from you fulfilling the will of your father? Are you enjoying the fulfillment of fulfilling the will of your Father in heaven? If you look back and you say, man, it's been a long time since I've gotten that rush of energy and life and spirit by being involved with something that just gets me stoked to be alive, that makes me feel like, man, I have a purpose. 
I'm needed here on this earth. Some of you don't feel needed. You feel like you're all washed up. You feel like you're too old. You feel like you've been rejected. Somebody dumped you. They rejected you. They fired you. They didn't want you. They never called you back. You tried to help, but nobody ever responded. Well, let me tell you something, guys. You got to take charge of your own life. You can't wait until somebody responds. You got to go knock it down, knock down that door, and just keep knocking until the door is answered. Okay? You got to keep seeking until you find. You got to keep asking until you get a response. And God's ready to build up an army. And I can see people all around this room. I know God's called you. Some of you, because of COVID, have put your, your gifts and your talents on, on hold. You put them on hold, and then you got used to it. And I'm not talking about doing stuff to get God's approval. We've already got that. We already got that. You don't need to do anything to earn heaven. You don't need to do anything to earn God's love. It's already been given. But what you do need to do is use the giftings that God put you in, put in you. Last thing. I used to tell Pastor Taylor when he was a young kid and his brothers, I used to tell him when we'd tell him stories at night. I used to say, you know, when God went, when God saw what the world was going to be like now, 20 years ago, five years ago, he started thinking about, I need to make somebody that will be perfect for dealing with this generation. And he made you. And he sent you here with a particular set of skills. Right? A specific set of skills to get the job done. Now it's up to you if you're going to use those skills. Or you can just use them for yourself. And then in the end, you'll know you didn't live up to the mission. Some of you are business people that are going to rock the world by empowering the gospel financially. Some of you are going to make a difference in the world by creating stories. You're going to write stories that lead people to the kingdom of God. We have a man over here from Iran who does animation and digital videos that preach the gospel. We're going to show you one of those in the days to come. And he's getting, he's, he's determined to set people free from radical Islam. He's going into places that are very dangerous with his videos because that's a gift that he has and he's determined to use that gift. Some of you have gifts when it comes to organizing. Some of you have gifts when it comes to building. Some of you have gifts when it comes to counseling and evangelism. Some of you have prophetic gifts. Let's wake them up. Let's allow them to rise up within us. And let's go out and make a difference in this world. Amen. Would you stand up to your feet? Yeah.
I'm going to commission you now to enter into this food, this free lunch, if you will, of food that comes from fruit, fruit from the kingdom. And I'm going to release you to go out and listen and to hear what God is saying to the church. Because some of your dreams are going to get resurrected. Some of your hopes, some of your desires, some of your passions are going to get resurrected. And so I'm going to pray that, let me just pray for you right now. Would you just open your hands like this? God, I pray that you'd place into these hands the tools, the giftings, the desires, the impulses, the plans, the dreams and visions that could only come from the kingdom. And I pray that anything that would distract them from from getting the job done would be removed right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you prepare them for the cost of this lunch. This lunch that is going to be the fulfillment, the nourishment of their souls. I pray that they'd be willing to sacrifice and to go out on a limb for you. I pray, God, when they lay their head down on the pillow tonight, that you'd fill their mind with thoughts and desires and hopes for the future. Wake up the seed that was planted before they were even born. That seed that was in them when they were just being conceived. That seed that is now ready to be birthed to grow and produce fruit in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Now listen, there's gonna be prayer partners up here. Some of you, this is the the moment where God downloaded some stuff to you. This would be a good time for you to come up and have them pray over you. Some of you have never made Jesus the center of your life. He's never been the king of your kingdom, your internal kingdom. And today you invited him in. I want you to come and pray with one of these prayer partners. If you have to wait for somebody to become available, do it. It's worth it because this is the beginning of something amazing. Remember, my food drive that I did with my Datsun pickup, with a broken taillight and a crashed fender turned into a ministry that you are all benefiting from now. I'm not going to scare you by saying that if you come forward, you're going to become a pastor. So don't worry about that. Okay. But I am saying that you'll never, uh, never underestimate the power of a small seed being planted. It can produce a great fruit. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Oh, hey, make sure you get signed up for the Ristretto's meet and greet. When is it? September 19th. There it is. There's the QR code. Let's leave that on the screen so everybody can get it. God bless you. Have a great Sunday, guys.